0: Matthew 8 and verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if I wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now last week we looked at the leper and how lepers in the scripture. Uh, their lifestyle was completely changed when a man or a woman took leprosy i 'm told that leprosy would at times start in the eyelids and then move up the forehead, and hence, even through scripture, we hear about the leprosy on the forehead, going up through the forehead. I'm told that's how it really starts uh, in a man and a woman. But what they had to do was they had to go to the priest, and the priest told them if it was leprosy this which was coming on them, or if it wasn't leprosy, maybe it was another disease. But they had to go, and they had to be checked out, just like we would go to the doctors, and the doctor would look at maybe something that we had and tell us, whether it was so or not. And we find here that in our reading, when he was come down from the mount, you see, the leper was at the bottom or the foot of the mount. And it was the touch of the master's hand that changed the leper's life. It was the touch of the master's hand that renovated his whole existence. And that's what happens when we're aware of the touch of the master's hand. I was just thinking coming round here as I was driving round this morning, the touch of the Master's hand, how the life that I was in, the life that I lived before there was the touch of the Master's hand, when I heard the gospel of saving grace, when I heard of Christ who can deliver from addiction and who can forgive all the sins we've ever committed and will commit, and who shed his precious blood, and the touch of the Master's hand came upon me. That was as the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and the word was applied to my life and my heart. And there I found redemption and salvation. Thinking about it, this morning driving around, I worshiped the Lord in the car, and I just give him thanks for what he had done, the touch of the master's hand. this leper's life was about to change for the good. And I can tell you that from I got saved, my life has changed for the good. In my life, everything about it has changed for the good. And the the leper was about to receive the touch of the master's hand. First of all came the word and the touch before the change. We looked last week at how when Christ is in the midst, in other words, when he is in the middle, when he is in the midst of a gathering, when he is in the midst of of something that we're doing, when he is forefront, here we're told he was come down from the mountain And great multitudes followed him. And out of them all, Jesus, as it were, stands head and shoulders above them. Zephaniah 3 and 17, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. We looked last week how he sings over us, wondered how that voice was. But notice when he's in the midst, he's mighty. He's always mighty everywhere, but he's mighty to change lives, he's mighty to save souls. He's mighty to bring back the backslider. You haven't gone too far where the Lord doesn't love you, and won't want you back, nor have you back. He calls you back. Maybe speaking to you now. The Lord is mighty. He's mighty in the midst of our assembling together. He's mighty all the time. Notice when he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. What a mighty time it was. What a mighty time. For him to be in the midst of the multitudes. What a mighty time for this leper. For this leper was about to have his life changed. The Lord Jesus changes lives. The Lord Jesus changes lives. And you know you might be sick and tired of your sin. Then you're not sick and tired of your sin. Because of your own volition. But then that the spirit he is speaking to you. That is him who's showing you your very sin. And Jesus is mighty to save and he's mighty to change. He's mighty to forgive. And when he is in the midst, he is mighty. Now, social isolating. Social isolating, self-distancing. We, we call it through this, what's known as COVID-19 or coronavirus, the lockdown where everyone's staying indoors except for those in the frontline services whether it be the car park attendants at the hospital, the drivers, the paramedics, the doctors, your GPs, your nurses, and those who'll take your bloods or those who are right in the very midst of those NEs and those wards. And, uh, and we pray, we're pray, we praying for you, constantly praying for you, that the Lord will bless you. We have many from our own assembly. You know who you are. We've been in contact with you. And we are praying for you. Our, your church is praying for you. And we love you. And we're praying for your safety. But notice this lockdown, except for people who are on that frontline line service, a lockdown or sometimes could it be locked up? Some people feel locked in and some people feel locked out. Locked out from society because they're on their own. Well, God is where you are. And maybe a family feels even like they're locked in. They can't get out, a couple or whoever. And you may say, well, I I feel isolated. And we looked last week how the leper was isolated. The leper was put outside the colony. The leper, leper was put outside the city walls. The leper was put outside the city gates. The leper was put out to a colony of lepers from the people. He was put outside the Israel camp in the wilderness if anyone contracted leprosy. So uh, we looked at the number seven, how seven days the leper was to be out, or someone who was tested by the priest. Checked for seven days. They go for seven days. They come back there, checked the second time for seven days. And how it's strange that today with this virus, we're, we're told stay for seven days or even 14 days. That's in the Bible. And according to the, the, the laws of the day, they had to stay six feet away. We're told to stay six feet away. Six feet or two meters apart from one another. Social distance as well. Um, We looked a little at that last week. We may look a little more at it this week too. The Lord is mighty in the midst. Matthew 18 and verse 20 is a a verse we all uh, 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 know very well. And it's it's, for where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. So Christian, you and your wife, you and your family. Seek the face of the Lord where you are. Because you are the church. You're the church. Notice the criteria for a meeting here. Maybe you're feeling that self-isolation. And it's getting a little too much. We miss everyone being around here as we worship here. But for this time, we miss it too. But listen, the criteria here according to Matthew 18 and 20 for a meeting is this. Let's look for at what it is, what it is and what it is not. So what it is not, first of all, it's not large numbers that is the criteria for a meeting. Two or three. Two or three. So it's not in large numbers. Secondly, it's not in a church building. And although we'd come together when uh, things are back to normal, we trust we'll come together. Where we'll be worshiping together, we like to be in a place where we worship in corporate body. We, we worship together because we're with people like mind and like faith. And we'll worship together. And we're we'll for, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But the church is not the building. We are the church. Those in whom Christ is living. Those who are the redeemed of the Lord. We are the ecclesia, the called out. So it's, it's where do we worship? It's we worship in our hearts. We worship the Lord in our hearts. So notice it's not in large numbers. It's not in a church building only. For where? Two or three. For where? Notice the word where. For where? Two or three. That's not the church building. It's where you are. It's where you are at this moment. It's where your living room is. It's where your house is. It's where your computer, as it were, is your laptop or whatever uh, gadget you're, you're watching on today. It's where you are in your heart. You are the church, the body of Christ. Now, you notice this. It's not the church building. It's not in the large numbers, First 1, 2 or 3. And it's not in ecclesiastical order. It's where two or three are gathered together. It's not in an ecclesiastical order. Neither is it a fixed time. Our fixed time is 11 o'clock in the morning, 6 pm in the evening to corporately come together, but we are to worship all the time. We can worship together wherever. You can worship up a mountain, you can worship in a forest, you can worship on a beach, you can worship in a valley. You can worship in your home, you can worship in work, you can meet and read and pray uh, uh, and gather together twos and threes all over the country, all over the world. And so it is not even a fixed time. There are people who have worshipped and their, their Lord's day is over, ours is just beginning and there's people who come behind us in the United States and Canada and so and Brazil, wherever you are. And of course, you'll be coming behind us. The time is changing as the word revolves. So what is the criteria for you to meet where you are? You're self-isolating. You're self-isolating at home or wherever it is. and, And notice what is the criteria then for it? So it's not in all of those things, but what is it? Okay. First of all, the criteria is that you gather in his name. That you gather in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, says the Lord. It's not in another's name. It's not in any other name. It's not in the name of a denomination. It's not in the name of a religion. It's where two or three gather together in my name. There's a criteria that believers gather in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. We are saved by grace through faith alone. Notice grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone according to the scriptures alone, giving glory to God alone. And there's the alones. So he is, it's his name alone or only that we're gathered together onto. Notice he is also only our solitary focus. It's not saints. It's not Mary. It's no one else. No religious leader. No other spiritual guru, but Christ and Christ alone. And it's his glory would be made and his glory alone. He says, when we do that, there's a criteria. And then there's that, the criteria which is uh, which we do not adhere to. is what we brought before that. Notice this. He says, there am I in the midst of them. So the Lord thy God is mighty in the midst of thee. In Matthew 8 and 1, he was come down from the mountain great multitudes followed him. He's in the midst of the multitudes. And something great was going to happen when he comes down the mountain. He touches this leper. And the leper is healed of his leprosy. Jesus says, there am I in the midst of them. Now, listen, only God could say this. How can he be in the midst of two or three in this country? Or in different parts of this country? Or different parts of this land? Or different parts of the world. How can he be there all at once? It's simply because he is God. Only God can say there am I in the midst of them. Only God who is one. And one who is God. Could say these words and make this claim. And only God and God alone is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. So he's with you. He's where you are. In your self-isolation you cannot get away as it were from God because he is with you everywhere, everywhere. When Christ comes down from the mountain, when Christ is in the midst, when Christ is in your presence, or you're in his presence, when Christ is center, things change. There's a shift in the dynamics of where you are. There's a shift in the dynamics of the things that are happening. That's why we need to pray against this virus. Or pray that the Lord lifts this off us. Pray for the sick that they'll be healed. Because prayer changes things. When Christ is in the midst. He gives beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. He gives a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Fear becomes faith in his presence. Anxiety Becomes tranquility, bitterness turns to sweetness, loathing becomes love and weakness is strength, timidity is boldness, and sorrow becomes joyfulness, negativity is positivity, the hopeless find hope and the helpless find help when Christ is in the midst. So, where you are, whether you're one, two, three, the Lord is with you wherever you are. We're all together. As we are under the word, we're all together in one body now at this moment. We're in the spirit. We're his. And so we can pray together. We can still worship together. Give thanks together. Adam Clark says in his commentary on there am I in the midst of them. He says, let it be observed that Jesus is not among them to spy out their sins or to mark down their imperfections of their worship but to enlighten, strengthen, comfort, and to save them. He came down the mountain into the midst of sinners and lepers. Praise him and thank God that he did, for there's where he found me. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. I love Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 1. He says, Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. Here great things happen at the coming down, that the mountains would flow down at thy presence. Some say it gives the idea of heavy rain and the mud sliding down the mountains. Some say it gives the idea of the mountains literally melting away. Whatever is meant on this, things happen when the Lord comes down. Things happen when the Lord is in the midst. This is a call for God to intervene. This is a call for God to come down from heaven and to get involved. This is a call for God to interfere. Interfere in what's happening. To get involved in what's happened. To intervene in what's going on. And whatever's happening in your life, whatever's happening in your body whatever's happening in your family, whatever's happening in your home, whatever's happening where you are, whatever's happening in your isolation, whatever's happening in your social distancing, whatever's happening in the lockdown, whatever's happening in your mind, bring Christ into it. Ask him to come in a special way for there you'll find that he will not let you down and he is no disappointment. It's a call for God to render, rip, tear to, the very heavens and to come down, that the mountains might flow down at his presence. The Lord came down in various ways in the scripture. In Exodus 19, he came down in law. That is, he came down to marry Israel with Moses being the officiator. He came down to marry them in law. And then he came down in John 6 in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down in grace. The Lord Jesus says in John 6 and 41, I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. Here he's likening Israel's bread at the manna in the morning which was fresh and new. Here he says like that only they hunger again when you come to me. I'll fulfill your every need. Spiritually speaking, he says, I will satisfy the unsatisfied soul. And maybe there's an unsatisfied soul watching this morning. Maybe you've come on this by, by some way you don't know how. I believe the Lord has brought you. And that unsatisfied soul has tried to fill that void, that hole, uh, that aching gap within you. That thing that you just cannot get satisfaction with. And you'll find that in your life, nothing satisfies you. You've tried drink and maybe drugs. You've tried fornication. You've tried sleeping around and all of these things. And maybe you've tried working until it, you work it out of your system or you work it all away and you're still never satisfied. You've no peace of heart, peace of mind, and peace in life. Jesus says, I'm the satisfying one. I'll satisfy your soul. Again, I mentioned the old hymn, Now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in Thee. He came down in grace, and in Acts two, He came down in spirit. Acts two and verse two says there was a sound from heaven, and that sound came and there was a as a rushing mighty wind, and it there was a cloven tongues like as of fire. The spirit set upon the heads of all that were in the upper room, that 120, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there he comes down in spirit. He's here in spirit now. He's with you in spirit. There am I, he says, in the midst of them. He's with you in the spirit. And then in Revelation 19 and verse 11, he comes down in power. Here is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As it were, he rides, seen riding a white horse or the right charger, and on his thigh is written the word of God. It says, and he comes out of heaven to the earth. Revelation 19 and 14 says, The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So notice this. He is the word of God. He is the word, the eternal word. He is the word made flesh. He's the son of God and he's the son of man. Notice, but he's the word of God. He's the word of the law. Acts 19. He's the word of grace in John chapter 6. He's the word of the spirit in Acts chapter 2. And he's the word of his power in Revelation chapter 19. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. Notice here he's seen in the midst of the armies of heaven following the Lord Jesus Christ upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now here's something for you to notice this morning. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1, great multitudes followed him. And then in Revelation 19 and verse 14, the armies which are in heaven followed him. But here's the difference. Today is is. Commonly known as Palm Sunday, when you read in Matthew twenty-one, where the Lord Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem and they take the palm and their clo- palm leaves and their clothes, and they straw them in front of him, and they're crying Hosanna, Blessed is the King of Israel who cometh in the name of the Lord, or, or, or Baruch, a baba shemaranai, and that's what they're singing, Hosanna, save, oh save, Baruch, a baba shemaranai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And within one week, within one week, those who, who came to him around the multitudes who shouted that, they left him. They shouted, crucify him. We will not have this man to rule over us, to reign over us. And they shouted, crucify him. Crucify him. How fickle is man's heart and how frail is his understanding. And, and here we find that they... They they didn't want him. These great multitudes whom here we read in Matthew chapter 8 followed him. Those whom he blessed, he healed, he fed, he cast out devils and demons. Those whom he gave the dead back to their their loved ones, raised them up. And now again he taught them. Baruch, Gebab, Hashem Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel, the king who cometh in the name of the Lord. And here they're now saying, We won't have this man to rule over us, crucify him. But the armies which are in heaven followed him. The armies which are in heaven followed him. They follow him to rule on earth with him. A little sidelight here in Jude chapter 14, pardon me, verse 14 and verse 15. Jude says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Am I speak unto men who have spoken against him ungodliness who have been doing deeds that are ungodly. Notice the Lord is coming to execute judgment. It says here, and to convince all that are ungodly among them. The word convince isn't, I'm going to convince you and try to speak with you, to try and coax you over. The word convince here means to prove you wrong, to prove them wrong. It means to convict, in other words, to bring a conviction of guilt to those who have rejected him and lived without him. That's the idea of this word. And that's what Christ will do, will stand before him. Stand before him, they'll stand, and he'll show them their sin, and it's too late. Notice here, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed. Speaking to someone, you used to follow the Lord. used to walk with the Lord. And used to be in his house and you loved the prayer meetings and you loved the Bible studies and you loved the Sunday morning around the Lord's table and you loved the gospel evening service and you loved the place of worship. And you loved the place of prayer. And you went into the closet, the, as it were, the, the secret place to seek his face and you were aware of him and and your heart grew cold and your love waned and you fell away from him. The world has called you and the weakest time and it's drawn you. You used to follow him. Friend, come back. Come back because the Lord wants to do great things in the midst again. And the Lord will forgive you and do great things with you. So in the cleansing of this leper when the Lord comes down, what a day this leper's going to have. What a day when he's completely free of his leprosy. What a day it's going to be when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And we're free completely as believers. When we're changed in body. What a day that's going to be as believers. In Matthew chapter 8 Verse 2, it says, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if I wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now notice, to understand a little more about the leprosy, they had to stay the six feet. If the wind was blowing downwards, they had to stay 150 feet roughly from the person downwind from them. They were to self-isolate. In fact, they were put outside the camp, as we said. And, you know, all of these things came and they were... I, I read a, a commentary during the week, an old commentary during the week. And how strange it was that in the commentary, the, 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 it says that how it must have been so hurtful for family to go to visit with food or with victuals outside the camp. To the, colony of, to the colony of the lepers. And it, 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 the writer was saying how strange it must have been, how heartbreaking to stand at least six feet away from their loved one without being able to show them affection, without being able to show them much love and kindness, without being able to put their arms around them, to tell them it'll be all right, without being able to nurse them, And speaking six feet away. And as I read that I thought. This old commentator. You thought he was living in 2020. With what's happening around the world today. With what's happening in our society today. With what's happening in our own lives and homes today. When you go to visit your loved one. You leave maybe something at the door. And they have to open the door. And you're standing at least six feet away. And you can't put your arms around your loved ones, your grandchildren, your children, your mother, your father. Your, you can't tell them it's all right. If they're sick, you can't go in. If they're in hospital, you can't even walk in uh, because of, of the, 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 the virus. And how sad is it? How, uh, how dangerous it is even for our frontline workers. And again, we think of them and, and how they placing themselves at risk to do that task. They're the heroes at the moment. They're the real heroes. But I can't help wondering as well, in this day of the the leper, of of biblical times, it was the same, only there was no help whatsoever. If a leper put his head into a house, it was said, uh, if a leper put his head into a house, the whole house was unclean. Just the head through the front door. The whole house was unclean right to the rafters. That was the saying. We can't even stick our heads in the doors today. How relevant is it in the scripture for today? You stick your head in, there's a chance that something might happen of this. Carrying a sinner right there. It was said in the Middle Ages that if a person came to a leper, uh, the priest would, would, would read the, the burial service over the leper before he was sent away. Because he was sent away, he was finished. Josephus, the Jewish uh, soldier and historian, around the time, who wrote around the first century, around that time, he he said the same. He said that if you come in contact with a leper, it was classed uh, 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 that you had come in contact with a dead body, so you were completely and totally unclean. Notice, when the Lord Jesus came down from the mountain, when the Lord Jesus came down, this leper worshiped him. Worshiped him. I still believe in worship. Not just worship in music, worship in song. I believe in worship in the scripture. You worship him, Jesus. You see him come down the mountain. You see him come down in this multitude. You see him head and shoulders as it were before and above all others with the the eye of the spirit. You just catch him in the preeminence he has of it all. And he comes down and rather stay six feet away or further from this leper. He sees and accepts the worship of the leper. I believe in the worship in the spirit. Worship in the heart. And Jesus came down. And notice, he came, the leper came and worshipped him. And the leper didn't blame Jesus, but seen hope in Jesus. People blame God for everything. Fall out with God for everything. But here, he didn't blame him. He seen his hope in him. He wasn't saying, I'm too embarrassed to ask. Neither was he saying, I'm too embarrassed to worship. I'm not too embarrassed, Lord. He, he came because his need was greater than his dignity. The leper's need was greater than his dignity. And sometimes when we worship the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it's in corporate worship or whether it's on our own or with a smaller group, sometimes our dignity, we do want to show ourselves as though we would actually expressively worship. Sometimes people are sick and they won't come to the Lord because they're, well, I'm not going to go, I fell out with him, or I'm not going to go because I can manage this myself. This leper knew his need was greater than his dignity. And this leper knew that he wasn't to blame Jesus, but his hope was in Jesus. And the word worship here, proskuneo, it means or gives the idea of a dog that would come to lick their master's hand. My big dog, when he sees me, he runs and he nudges me with his nose and he, he, he gets round my legs and he lies against me and his tail whips me and he jumps up and he licks you and he, you see That's the idea of this leper. He wanted Jesus. And Jesus could have said, self-isolate and social distance. Self-isolate and social distance. Keep away from me at least six feet, but rather no. We're told in verse 3, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. The touch of the master's hand. He can touch you right where you are. He says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And here is the first mention of Jesus chronologically now. The first mention of Jesus in the New Testament of him being called Lord. First mention. The first mention of it isn't by someone of high standing or someone in great... Religious uh, standing. It isn't someone of high education. It isn't someone in fullness of health. It's, it's a leper. It's an outcast. It's one who's been cast out. It's a leper who no one wants to go near. One in self-isolation. One who is social distancing. One who is unclean. And he says. Lord if I wilt, Thou canst make me clean. Here is a dead man walking. Everyone in their sin are as dead men walking, dead women walking, dead in spirit toward God. Paul tells us that we're dead in our trespasses and in our sins. And here this man is a dead man walking, but he's more vision, wisdom, and revelation than the others who are caught up with all their business in the camp or in the city or in the town where they are. Here is someone who cries out because of their need and worships the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Marvelous. Beautiful. Magnificent. Gracious. That's humility. Jesus touched him. What the Apostle Paul said in Romans seven and twenty four? He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And Paul wasn't speaking of that he had a leprosy or an illness here. What Paul was saying was, he's a man. He gets weary. He gets tired, just like we all do. And he wants to press on in the work of God. He wants to do more for the work of the Lord. He wants to get out there. He wants to be up and doing. He wishes he could be in different places at once, but he can't. He's a man. But Christ has God. He says, I'm with you. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He's omnipresent as to his deity. And Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And I'm told that there used to be a punishment where they they tied and chained a dead body onto a, a certain prisoner's. Certain criminals, certain convicts and when they tied this dead body onto them, the body rotted and the rot of the body, the the disease in the body, the, uh, the, the very fluids of the body entered into the body of the The criminal that was carrying it and they became as that dead body and eventually died from the illnesses with it and Paul was saying my body he says that to me he says this body he says oh that I could do more I'm tired I'm weary I'm weak I've got the care of all the churches and all the persecution that's common and Paul says oh who shall deliver me from the body of this death Paul was worn out and looked for deliverance but the leper was worshipping and found his deliverance Matthew 8 and 3, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Now, here we find this is the first mention also of the word touched in the New Testament. He touched him. The first time that we find the word touched in Matthew 8 and in verse 3. In Matthew 8 and verse 15. When he comes to Peter's mother-in-law's wife's house, pardon me, the, the, Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, pardon me, laid and sick of a fever, verse fifteen, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto unto them. The word here is the second time in the New Testament. Not the word "touched," both when Jesus came down the mount, both when Jesus was at the centre when Jesus was in the midst. So this leper is such an outcast, none can touch him or should go near him. None whatsoever. E.W.G. Masterman. He wrote the the book, The Deliverance of Jerusalem, 1917, amongst other things. And he also wrote on this, he wrote about the lepers. And he wrote, No other disease reduces a a human being... For so many years to so hideous a wreck. So hideous a wreck. He's saying that, there's, that he had found at that time no other disease makes someone so hideous a wreck as leprosy. This man was hideous as it were in the flesh. This man was full of leprosy. And Jesus touched him. Jesus put his own hand out and he touched him. If you will... Will you go Leviticus for me, please? In Leviticus chapter 13, we're going to read a few verses again. We read some last week. We haven't got a lot of time, but if you want to read from verse 38, If a man also or a woman have a skin of their flesh bright spots, even white bright spots, then the priest shall look, and behold, if the bright spots of the skin of their flesh be darkish white, it is a freckle spot. That growth in the skin, he has claimed. So the priest is judging the color of the spots. Is it leprosy? Is it something else? Or nothing at all? If you go to Leviticus 13 and verse 43 then, Then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, if the rising of the sore be white, reddish in his bald head. Remember the leprosy starts in the eyelids and goes up over the head first. The bald head or bald forehead, pardon me, I'm looking at the wrong verse. The the priest shall look upon it and behold, if the rising of the sword be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of his flesh. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent. And his head bare. And he shall put a covering upon his upper lip. And shall cry unclean. Unclean. Notice here the unclean is to keep them at the distance. Of approximately six feet. The horrific nature of leprosy. And the very disease that it is. The total rejection of the leper. And him being put away in total and complete isolation. He was cast out of the camp. Outside of Israel's camp and Jerusalem, notice we find that these are the unwanted outside the city. Here's the thing God likens leprosy to sin in the scripture, and he likens sin unto leprosy. For example, in Isaiah chapter 1 and in verse 18. Isaiah 1 and verse 18. We hear this all the time in gospel messages to reach the lost. And that's fine. That's an application of it. That's okay. I've used it myself. But Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Notice here, it tends to be thought that this is the the, the red and the scarlet is the, the sin and the white and the wool is our salvation when we're washed and cleansed. And the application of that is fine, but it may not be the whole truth of the matter. In Leviticus chapter 13 and verse 47, the garment also that the plague of leprosy is in, Notice, whether it be a woolen garment or a linen garment, whether it be a warp or a woof of linen or of woolen, whether in a skin or in anything made of skin, and if the plague be greenish or reddish in the garment or in the skin, either in the warp or in the woof or in the thing of the skin, it is a plague of leprosy and shall be showed to the priest. And the priest shall look upon the plague and shut it and shut up it that hath the plague. There's your seven days, seven days. And he shall look on the plague the seventh day, and the plague be spread in the garment, either in the wrap, the warp, or the woof, or in the skin, or in any work that is made of skin. The plague is a fretting leprosy, it is unclean. And he shall therefore burn that garment, whether Warp or woof or woolen or in the linen or in anything of skin wherein the plague is. For it is a fretting leprosy. It shall be burnt in the fire. And if the priest shall look and behold the plague be not spread in the garment. Either in the warp or in the woof or in anything of skin. Then the priest shall command, command and they shall wash the thing wherein the plague is. And he shall shut it up seven days more. And the priest shall look on the plague, after that it is washed, and behold, the plague hath not changed his color, and the plague be not spread, it is unclean, and thou shalt burn it in the fire. It is fret inward, whether it be bare within or without. And if the priest look, and behold, the plague be somewhat dark, after the washing of it, then, it, then he shall rend it out of the garment, or out of the skin, or out of the warp, or out of the woof, and if it appears still in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in anything of the skin, it is a spreading plague. Thou shalt burn it, that wherein the plague is with fire. And the garment, either the warp or the wolf, or whatsoever thing of skin it be, which thou shalt wash. If the plague be departed from then, then it shall be washed the second time, shall be clean. This is the law of the plague of leprosy in the garment of the woolen. Or linen, either in the warp or the woof woof, or anything of skins to pronounce it clean or to pronounce it unclean. So here you see the wool is to be washed. And if there's something in it, it's to be either cut out if if it's just faint or it's to be burnt. And the Lord is saying, yes, your sins are like the plague. And they're scarlet, they're red. The actual idea for scarlet here uh, uh, and red means they are not only, they are deep dyed, they are double dyed. They are deep, deep uh, leper sores or blood stains or or, or mucus or, or pus stains on it. That's the idea of it. And here the idea is that's how God sees our sin. That's how God sees our nation. That's how God sees what's going on in our nation. And that's how God sees our, our sin. As maybe some of you have, have screwed up your face and turned away at the thought of this on the garment. And that's how God sees the man and woman in their sin. He sees that sin. And he says it's like a leper. It's like a leper unclean. Notice here. It says in Matthew 3. <clears throat> and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thy clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus cleanses the leper immediately. Now, since leprosy is a sin, 1 Peter 2 and verse 24 says of the Lord Jesus Christ, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead the sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Notice here, the Lord Jesus took our leprosy, our sin. The Lord Jesus paid our debt that we might be clean. And when we get saved, when I was saved, when you were saved, Christian, blood-washed, born-again, Bible-believing Christian, immediately our leprosy left us. The sin left us. We were cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Hebrews 13 and 11, 13 and 12, and in verse 13. First of all, in verse 11, the bodies of the animals that were sacrificed were burned out without the camp. In verse 12, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. And in verse 13 of Hebrews 13, says, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Christ was taken outside the city walls and he was crucified outside the camp, outside the gate. He bore our leprous sin and there we find that he's the one who touches us, as it were, who touches us through the word and the spirit and we're saved, we're cleansed, we're born again. So I finish with this. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 4 tells us of the leper being told to go to the priest. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way, and show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Notice in Leviticus chapter 14, and in verse 8, it says, And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave off all his hair, and wash himself from water, that he may be clean. And after that, he shall come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. I've heard of, especially some pastor friends that I know, and I'm sure you know who I mean, who we're talking about. It's great to see them recovered from this COVID-19. Very, very, very ill with it. And then they had to self-isolate when they get home for seven days too. And notice here, the leper was to do that. Verse 9, but it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all, shave all his hair off of his head and his beard and his eyebrows, even all his hair he shall shave off and he shall wash his clothes, and he shall wash his flesh and water, he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two he lambs without blemish, one new lamb of the first year without blemish and three tenth deals of fine flour for a meat offering mingled with the oil and one log of oil and the priest that maketh him clean shall present the man that is no, that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation let me finish with this little explanation when this offering Jesus says go show the offering show to the priest and bring the offering here he was to bring his offering this leper who's been cleansed and the priest shows his cleanliness and the offering unto the Lord, and he pronounces him clean. For well, the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest. And there in the heavens he stands. He is the Lamb of God. He is our offering. He is our priest. He's our all and all, and he's our everything. And there he stands and he shows, he presents the blood, as it were, to the Father. He shows his wounds as the, the lamb that was slain. Here is the offering for my soul. For my cleansing from the sin of my leprosy and for yours. And that's the only cleansing that the Father will accept. He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He sees the blood. And the Lord Jesus has pronounced me clean. Cleansed from all my leprosy. So in these days of isolation and self-isolating and social distancing, the, the wonderful touch of the Master's hand can still be with you and touch you. May God bless you this morning. May God keep us. We're going to pray and we're going to close our meeting. We ask you if you're available and free to join us in the Lord's will uh, from my study tonight at 6 p.m. The Whosoever Will. The Whosoever Will is the title. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you for the blood of your Son. We thank you for the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. We thank you for the cleansing of our leprosy of sin. We thank you, Lord, that in him is our help and in him is our hope. In him is our salvation, our redemption, our cleansing from all of our unrighteousness, our law-breaking. We thank you, Lord, our transgressions, our iniquities, are cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that you'll bless your people wherever they are. We ask you, Lord, that you will keep your hand upon those, Lord, who are working in the frontline services. We ask you, Lord, you keep them safe. Lord, you keep your hand on them for good. You protect them, Lord, and you be with them. We think of those from our own assembly who are still working on those services, Lord. We ask you, Lord, those in their college, to keep your hand of protection and blessing upon them. We pray, Father, if there's one who would watch this, has watched it live, or will come on later, we pray, Lord, for the salvation of their soul. May they come, and may they cry for mercy in the very leprosy of their sin, that they're in father may they come and ask for mercy and may you may they find themselves touched by the master's hand washed in the blood of the lamb and lord we pray lord for the salvation of souls lord forgive our land our nation our people forgive us lord for we have rebelled against you we have sinned against you we've caused ourselves to go into grievous iniquity lord our sins have been deep dyed. and lord i pray father in jesus name lord that Lord, that we be made, made like wool that has not, uh, uh, that is not uh, been touched by, by the leprosy, Lord. That we, we would have our garments that are white, our, our garments, Lord, that we washed in the blood of the and We pray, Father, for your glory to be made known, for your Son to be exalted, but for salvation and redemption to come to the people of our nation, and especially of our province today, for Ireland, for England, for Scotland, for Wales. We ask you, Lord, to move in blessing for the countries around the world. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his glory we do ask it, Father, giving you thanks for everything. Amen. God bless everyone.